Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Well, it is another Monday morning, uh, but playoffs are coming up, so that is a, a great, great thing, a uh, hockey playoff that is. And the uh, Washington Capitals are going to be playing the New York Islanders. So I hate the Islanders right now. So that's what's going on with that. Just wanted to invite everyone to join my Patreon. Patreon.com slash John Crump. Also, you can get my book at crumpy.com slash Giants. I'm just going to jump right into it today. Um, we have a man who is known as Florida Man. He is a pilot and a constant guest on the Hank Strange Show, which I'm not even sure why, but his name is uh, Flying Rich. Well, really Monarch of Fraz, because this is the Flying Rich Autonomous Zone, and I just started a protective wing, uh, a militia, if you would say, and it's called the TFACAF. And tell everyone that what that means. That's the Totally Fracking Around Coalition AF. And can I show you my bullpup? Sure. See, it's the the wooden one right over there. Yeah, just don't so, just don't touch it, or I'll get so kicked. That that wooden one is my bullpup because it kicks really hard. Those other things, the, those aren't bullpups, but that no. wooden one that really kicks. And if you <laughs> drop it, the bolt will go forward, and it'll fire. Well, you know, I have an issue with my guns going off all the time just by themselves. Um, I'll be like last night I was sleeping, and all of a sudden a bullet flew through my floor. Holy cow! Yeah, because uh, you know, AR-15s just go off all the time by themselves. Jeez. All right, I want to take a drink here. But... <laughs> <laughs> You are definitely Florida man. <laughs> hey, nice patch. And you can get that patch that's on his hat right there for $5 on a super chat or uh, that. Oh, you can get the book. You can get the book, yeah. And all the proceeds go to my niece, Bella, who is fighting DIPG, which is a uh, childhood brain cancer. Oh, wow. You know, in all seriousness, uh, when you think about it, a lot of us just have first world problems and, and a lot of things are great for us. And we have really super small things to worry about. Um, there, there are people suffering in this world. There are people that have real serious problems. Yeah. And uh, I think we all should be thankful for that. You know, thankful for what's good in our lives. I don't think enough of us really think about what's really good. And uh, I just posted a video. I don't, I'm active in my local tea party, and uh, I had to repost it. But Friday, uh, they, there's a group, not the tea party group, but another group of people, you know, kind of a cross section. And they'll go out on the corner of PGA and Donald Ross Road in Palm Beach Gardens, and they'll wave flags uh, Friday, 4.30 to 6 o'clock. So we're there. And there's a great group of people, and there's a really nice group of people from a church. They're Blacks for Trump. They got T-shirts. Super nice people. They know politics. They know why they like Trump. And last week, when I wasn't there, my wife told me that two white BLM girls showed up. <laughs> so I posted the video. I added a little, you know, my commentary to it. But so if you go to youtube.com slash flying rich, uh, you'll see that video up there. But it's just so funny that the white girls are BLMers. <laughs> yeah. And they're and holding up signs, Black Lives Matter, while the blacks that are there have t shirts on the back that say, All Lives Matter. Yeah. And uh, they're probably trying to lecture the, the black people on how they should not like Trump. And they should, you know. That's that's one thing I hate about like certain people is they're so preachy, 
and it's like where I'm right, you're wrong. I can tell you what's what's best for you, and you don't get to decide what's best for you. Yeah, I see. I'm very libertarian on this. Um, as I'm very very fiscally conservative, but very libertarian. You know what? What works for you, good. If it doesn't, what is the saying? Doesn't break my nose or bust my arm or bust my nose and break my arm? What what care do I have? Why should I care what you do? And, and I don't understand how these people culturally appropriate the BLM movement when they're white. For, first off, I don't, you know, truth be told, my daughter is adopted. She's from China. Do I know what it's like to walk in her shoes? I have no idea. I mean, I, I've lived with her all her life, but I don't know what it's like to be Asian. I have no clue. So how could I go around and say Asian lives matter, you know, or say, you know, Asian people are discriminated against fill in the blank. I don't know. I would never know. Just like I wouldn't know what it would be like to be a white woman or, or something, you know, pick it. How can you assume the identity of a group and then rally for them? And, and I have a good friend, uh, you know, he's a liberal guy. He's also a liberal 2A guy. And he's telling me about white privilege. And I'm like, the only thing, he's like, well, you know, somebody crosses the street in front of you when they see you. I'm like, sometimes, I don't know. Don't really pay attention. Anybody ever get out of an elevator when you got in? I'm like, yeah, I think that's happened. But maybe they forgot something at their desk. He's like, well, and do people follow you around in the department store? I'm like, never really looked. And so let's say all of these things are true and all of these things are true uh, because of a certain ethnicity or profile. The only one that he brought up that was factual that I know of is that if you took the same resume of a guy and gave it a very ethnic name and gave it, you know, a John Smith name, the John Smith got hired ahead of that or got called in for the interview. That's the only one that I know is true. But I don't care if somebody crossed the street in front of me. Who cares? If you get off my side of the street and go to the other side, doesn't bother me. Yeah, it it, it is kind of ridiculous uh, what people. I mean, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist or anything like that because I'm sure it does. I'm, um, I'm absolutely sure it does. But I I think uh, in my neighborhood I have uh, um, and I hate even saying this. I hate. I kind of feel, I kind of cringe. There's a mixed race family in my neighborhood, which I don't care. That's your business. You know, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, I, there's, seems to be the jury's still out. I don't want to call evidence on something. They seem to be stirring their own pot to bring attention towards themselves. How so? So earlier this year on the next door neighbor or nextdoor.com, they said they've had all sorts of problems in the neighborhood, that it's a racist neighborhood. Now, where I live is Jupiter Farms. It's the redneck portion of it's the Florida man portion of Palm Beach County. Um, so the minimum piece of property here is an acre and a quarter. I'm actually living on a dirt road. Um, but it's fantastic. You know, it's there's no street lights there's no noise there's it, it's like you're three miles offshore you can look up you can see the milky way um it's beautiful here it's really beautiful it, i don't know anyone in you know john not that uh, john i've never met you i hope we're going to meet at uh, the iraq veteran shoot you'll get one of these maybe oh what is that uh it's the the like uh -huh. from last year yeah. some of the swag so um the you and I travel in a lot of the same circles. I think we have a lot of the same types of friends. Not only are you a gun guy, you're an IT guy also. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know racist people. In as far as being a redneck wannabe in the redneckiest portion of Palm Beach, I think I would know as many redneck racists as there were out there, but I don't know any. So I, again, I, I'll agree with you. I think there's a racism problem. I don't know how many people are racist. 
so earlier this year on nextdoor.com, they posted, hey, we've had all sorts of problems. Uh, somebody like shot out our basketball hoop and blah, blah, blah. And guy runs up and down their sidewalk with a rebel flag. Now, the guy says he's got cameras on his property, but I've never seen any video of this, of what he claims. You know, there's a lot of claims, but there's no video. Yeah, extraordinary well, claims demand extraordinary evidence. Brilliant. So, um, he announces he's a good church-going person and that he's going to have everybody over for a barbecue, picnic, whatever. And so my wife and I went, and they were the nicest people. They were really nice, and, and everybody there was nice. And I had a good time. I'm like, wow, I hope this happens again, blah, 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 whatever. You know, gave him a gift, the whole thing. Anyhow, they were all very nice and cordial. So, um, time goes on. There's a group of women that have a lunch out here. And so the wife, who's not white, um, came out to the lunch and had a great time. And there's pictures of everybody smiling and all that bit. And earlier that day, she posted that this is such a racist neighborhood. I can't stand living here. I can't believe all the racists. And no idea about any of that. No, she didn't mention that at the lunch. After the lunch, and one of the ladies went home and saw that post, she called her up, said, hey, how's it going? Anything happened since the barbecue? How do you feel? Oh, no, I feel fine. It's like, how do you feel about that? Love the neighborhood. Everything's working out great. It's like, what? what, what was the post about online? Well, then a couple weeks later, believe it or not, <laughs> this, this, this is getting funny. They have a BLM march in my neighborhood, and it's about 40 people. Six of them weren't white. The 34 of them were white. When the light drizzle came, 12 of them left. And, you know, there's more media and more police almost than the protesters. And, you know, that kind of fizzled out. A week or so later, there was a report that there was one to three people for an Antifa march in my neighborhood, and that nothing happened. Well. Then it kind of the um, a couple of weeks later, somebody spray painted on the road and on their sign WLM for White Lives Matter, an arrow pointing at their house uh, that they're racist, and spray painted stuff on their fence. Well, it was pointed out that there's a sign you know, with two hearts together intersecting that somebody made for the family, that's a BLM. And the M was very unique, and it was exactly the M that was spray-painted on the road. The two mm. pictures, I was like, yeah, I want to see the credit card receipts and the security cameras from, you know, Home Depot and where, where they're buying the spray paint. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of incidents out there where um, it's actually the protest them, protesters themselves. Um, I, I think a lot of this is, you know, one, where it's kind of the perfect storm. First off, we, we've been, you know, sequestered since, what, March? We've been required to stay home in various ways. It, some people have lost their jobs. Some people, you know, I'm an IT guy. I can work remote. I'm good. Um, so I think it's been stressful, you you know, people getting sick, losing loved ones, lo losing your job. The fear of these things can also be pretty damaging, too. You throw in the mix some catalyst uh, like George Floyd, and everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and, and kind of shake their fist in the air. And I'm all for peaceful protest. If you have a beef, air it. I like that. I, in fact, the one thing I'll, I'll say I like about France is when they don't like crap, they shut the country down. I, you know, the orange vest uh, protest. Orange vest. The orange vest or yellow vest? I think it was yellow. Yellow vest, whatever it was, yeah. Because you, you know how that started. The government required the, them to have two vests in every vehicle in case the car broke down on the side. You put on the vest so you don't get hit by passing cars. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sure they, some lobbyist firm firm had the legislation written, so you had to buy vests. Yeah. So, 
kind of ridiculous. I, I think a lot of people just, one, they're angry for n number of reasons, and two, they, they want to show, you know, do the SJW thing. They want to virtue signal, show that they're virtuous, and, and get out there and do something. Or, or you don't want to be a racist, so you want to march with the BLM. Now, do I, the term, in the purest sense of the word, do black lives matter? Damn right they do. All lives matter. Black lives, everybody's life matters. Does one life matter more than another? Does I? The problem is BLM is tightly associated with a lot of violence. It's tightly associated with uh, Marxism. You know, the founders claim to have Marxist training, and and this is an issue. I don't. You know, this this isn't a group I want to be part of. If you're talking about equality for everybody, yeah, I'll jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I most of the things. Um, I think that there is the BLM organized national organization, uh, and then there's other BLM organizations that are around the country, and some aren't Marxist. Mm-hmm. Um, like the guy I'm having on tomorrow. Uh, is uh, tomorrow I got a BLM leader from Virginia, but they they separated from the the national organization. Okay, because of uh, the Marxism, and also and that sounds good. The 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 siding with like Antifa and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's another group. I don't know how people are so brainwashed or, or how the media either they're you know willful participants i will use the other word uh or they're just brainwashed that they they believe antifa are good people you know that where they're burning things are mostly peaceful yeah mostly I, peaceful. have you seen that there's a meme going around that shows uh, from lord of the rings that shows arlie orcs um at the, at the keep and uh, like orcs have mostly peaceful protests <laughs> but yeah oh i and i i think uh, a lot of things are good in the world you know and, and don't get me wrong is uh our, our, the the debt of this country uh is horrific and uh the debt of other countries are worse so i i hate to say we're the least worst but uh you know, as far as things go, a lot a lot of things are really good. I, I did go to the gun show in West Palm Beach on Saturday, and the line, I think it took an hour to get in the building, and then they were minimizing the number of people in the building. They took, like, half the tables out, because normally, you know, you're like sardines trying to get through the line there. Hey, you go to many gun shows? Yeah. I, of course I do. I, I don't know. So uh, the West Palm Beach Gun Show is pretty much like a black rifle kind of play. Not many bolt-action type guns there. There's a few, but it's not like you're going to get a good selection. You know, there are a few $500 most Nagants, you know, not like like $250 most Nagant. Um, buying for like $75 each today. <laughs> the, those days are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's some good gun shows like that. Uh, I think I picked up a Mosin for maybe 100, 125 at, at a gun show in Deland. And, uh, but there are a lot of first-time gun buyers. I talked to a lot of people that were first-time gun buyers. I talked to I hate saying it again. non-white first-time gun buyers. Uh, I hate making that delineation, but uh, I, I say it because I, I think it's important that maybe these people are Democrats also, that here you're... I think it's really interesting times that we live in that you don't hear people talking about taking guns away from people anymore. It's more of where can I find guns? Where can I find some cheap ammo? And, uh, that's why I don't show you that side of the office here. Uh, and, and I also saw, you know, I bought some ammo and I sold it cheap. I, I, Bought some ammo a year ago that was wrong. I, you know, picked up a wrong box of ammo, and uh, I had 250 rounds of 380 
38 special, sorry, 38 special. And I sold it for like 10 bucks more than I paid for it. So, and likewise, I, I had a 1500 rounds of LAX brand new ammunition 380. I paid 320 for it. I sold it for 350 at the gun show, which equates to 21 cents a round. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, nobody online would buy it, but the, the ammo dealer inside almost fell over when I told him how much I wanted. You know, you had to like stop and think. It's like, is this unhidden camera? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, ammo prices are ridiculous now. I saw a study that showed uh, New York um, has a increase of 112% of guns sold over... Yeah, it, you know, when they say guns, I'm sure they mean firearms. Uh, a pistol... You know, I, I told my wife that I was doing a podcast from five to six, and yeah, she's okay. calling me. Uh, uh, yeah, so in New York, uh, you're probably familiar with the laws, but you have to have a permit, which you can't get to own a pistol. And then each firearm you get, you have to get a uh, permit for it. Yeah, uh, so, I, I go up to New York once a month. Once a month. Very. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, well, that's where uh, my wife's family. My wife is from New York. Tell me, Long Island, really? Smithtown, what? What? Uh, close to Smithtown, Ronkonkoma. Ronkonkoma, okay. Yeah, so you fly to Issa MacArthur Airport? I usually we just drive. During, like, oh, wow, okay. That far. But, uh, yeah, we, we've been staying in a hotel, like, right across the street from my slip. Um, Let's see, is that the Holiday Inn? Well, we were staying at the La Quinta, but then, then they built a new uh, Marriott. Marriott oh, okay, Hilton. yeah, I know the place. Sure. The new Hilton. So, yeah, so that's where we've been staying. But, yeah, yeah, we go, to, we go up there a lot. I, I, I go to Smithtown Mall a lot I, when it was still open. I was going to say, it's still... <laughs> nah, it's, it's still pretty much closed. Uh, we went and picked up food at the Cheesecake Factory there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's always good. Yeah, so I know all this. So are you from Long Island? Islip, yeah. I did all my flight training at Islip at Garth Airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my first uh, crash was at Islip at Garth Airport. Uh, my father in law used to uh, fly out of uh, Islip. Um, really? The, yeah. Yeah. But, he, I probably island. know him. It, it's like if I don't know him, probably somebody I know knows him. Yeah. Uh, Dino Tali is the last name. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I used That's to fun. Play it up, but, um, a lot. So I'm up there a lot. That's a small world. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what's problem? The, the biggest problem with Florida is, especially Palm Beach? All the New Yorkers. New Yorkers. Yeah, New Yorkers. It's, it's just like, uh, it, it's just like uh, where I am. Uh, a bunch of New Oh, yeah. Yorkers. Sure. Sure. Well, it, it, Mark Levin always says it's it's like a locust eating a field bear, and then they go on to you know greener pastures. It, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, interesting thing about Mark Levin. I think he has a house down near you. Oh yeah, he does. He, and he has a house in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the internet's awful. You can find everything out. Uh, yeah. yeah, his his house is about fifteen miles away from me. Yeah, Rush so. Limbaugh's actually his house is about fifteen miles that way. Rush Limbaugh's house is about eighteen miles that way. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that he has a house near you and a house near me, and you, and, you, and, and uh, Sean Hannity's house is on the west coast of Florida. I bet that's a big house. <laughs> I bet that is a huge house. You know what? If if you work hard, it, you deserve it. I. Look, he's putting in a stinkload of hours. All, all of these guys, and especially somebody like Mark Levin, all the books he writes, and and congratulations on the first book. That's pretty damn exciting. Thank you. Hey, I'll I'll bring it to Iraq veteran for you to sign for me. I definitely will. Um, that's gonna be fun. It. Oh God, it, this is the first time for you. Uh, yeah. I mean, last couple of years I've been invited to just. I had other obligations the same weekend. 
Yeah, I just stink load of fun. Stink load. I hope nothing happens that, you know, kind of forces me not to go because it's just so much fun. Yeah. Last year, I ended up uh, in Vegas for a gun thing. What, uh, what gun thing was that? Uh, Red October. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, cool. So I, I went out to Vegas. Cool. Although, uh, let's see, Brandon Herrera wasn't there. He was at the uh, Iraq veteran shoot. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, but uh, GOA gave me a choice. Um, and uh, a company that I work closely with, X-Tech Tactical, was one of mm-hmm. the key sponsors. So I went out there with a couple of GOA guys. Um, and... Uh, then Jordan from GOA and a couple other guys went down to uh, Georgia for that. Yep. Yep. I saw them. I got actually got video with them there. Yeah. So it, it was, we had to split it up and this year. October is crazy for us. They're like, uh, gave me a list. They're like, we have the IV 8088 shoot. Then there's Red October, uh, Clash Bash. Of everything I've recently uh, Rod of Iron, which is in PA. It's another shoot in PA. And uh, I was like, I can go to one. Jordan, oh. all these? I was like, no, I'm not, not going to all of them. Uh, you know, especially October is like my anniversary month. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. And also the 2A rally in DC. Wait, when's the 2A rally in DC? Uh, last weekend in October. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even looked at my October calendar because my wife and my wife's birthday, and my birthday are in October. Yeah, it's the last. Let's see. It's, it's gonna be but, a interesting. It, it was fun last year. It, last year just happened to coincide with the Nationals uh, um, parade. Their World Series parade was on the same oh. day. <laughs> well, that makes for difficult travels. Yeah, that made for it kind of uh, put a, a big damper on everything. I think a lot more people would have shown up if that wasn't the case, because it would it was taking like an hour or so to get on the metro. Then you couldn't drive into DC. But I met, I met a lot of uh, good people there. Hickok was there. Uh, Eric, oh, cool. Last year, Eric uh, from uh, Eric Blanford, you know, IV8888 mm-hmm. uh, was there. Uh, Tim from Military Arms Channel. They were all there. Um, and uh, and I met uh, G-Webs, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He hides yeah, in it. person. Or yeah. did he have a mask on? Yeah. No, he didn't have a mask. Uh, funny thing about that is the weekend before was uh, Red October. And uh, so he was at Red October. And I was at you Red You didn't October. know? No, we knew. We just oh, kept okay. on each other. He would come by, be gone. Then we just kept on missing each other. And then uh, eventually I met him in D.C., so the the week later, so <laughs> we we're in Vegas one week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last October I learned my lesson and I did all I did all the events that I could. That was oh, not shoot. And uh, yeah, that wasn't good for my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be good for my marriage, you know. Like always flying <laughs> out, going to all the. Well, your your kids still need a lot of attention, so uh, yeah, that they do. I, and they need a lot of attention. I I can see the labor sharing aspect of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they my kids definitely get a lot of attention. I'm I just want to buy my son a cricket, one of those two, little twenty two. But my oh. way, my wife was like, not until he's ten. <laughs> Like he's close to seven, he's close enough, right? Right, because I want a cricket. But every year cool. on birthday, I buy a gun for him. I don't give oh, it, yeah? to him, of course. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Hey, this is yours. You, you'll get in like five years. Yeah, so for each one of my son on their birthdays, I buy a gun and then I store it. So when they turn 18, here's your collection. Do whatever you want oh, with it. Cool. They, they cool. can sell it or they can keep it, whatever. But, you know, the prices of a gun never really go down. So. Uh, unless you buy the guns I buy. Then, then they go down. What type of guns do you buy? Like, <laughs> well, actually, all right. All right. So uh, the PS90 there, well, which way do I point? Right there. The PS90, I got, and I'm, I don't mean to claim, uh, what, what is it when you claim that you're in the military and you're not? I'm not. Uh, I got the military law enforcement discount uh, because I'm in the Coast Guard Auxiliary of 875 for the PS90. That's not bad. And that was when they were like over two grand. You know, I was like, dude, too cool. I wish I could have bought two. Um, but all right, so I bought the the Ruger LC9 and the Ruger LCP, and uh, you know, I probably paid like three twenty or so for them. And then you know, they went down. I I yeah, sold. I had two LCPs. Uh, well, because the LC9S is so yeah. good, and the LCP2 is so good. So um, yeah. uh, my wife and I each have an LCP2. I have an LC9S. Uh, she wanted a Glock 43, which I got her this weekend. And I got myself a Sig Sauer P365 SAS. Do you like so. the SIGs? Uh, this is my first SIG. Uh, and actually my first Glock, believe it or not, or the family's first Glock. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big SIG fan. Um, I've had SIGs, and just, I always buy them thinking I'm going to like them, and then I end up selling them if I don't. Cool. I was over at my friend's house yesterday, and he had a couple of full-size SIGs, and, and the grip is just, like, really fat, you know, fat wide. I mean, it felt good, yeah, but it just... Grip. It's a little unusual for from what I'm used to. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it it definitely is. Uh, I I like my HKs. Mm-hmm. One of the first pistols I shot was an HK, and I really liked it. The VP9 is not the most expensive AK, HK in the world, but it is my favorite by far. Hmm. It's just so smooth. Uh, yeah, have you ever VP9? No, I'll have to make a point of shooting one. The trigger is just so smooth. Um, Actually, no, I, I think I did shoot one because um, a friend of mine had one of Kevin Dixie's guns. That, that's a VP9, right? Yeah, it's a VP9, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually did shoot it. Yeah, the, uh, what what did you call it? The Truth? Yes. Yeah, that's a nice gun. I, I like the case, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it's very neat. It's a very neat piece. Yeah. So um, I, like I did pick up into it. Oh. I picked up the uh Ruger 57 earlier this year to make a video which I have not made yet. Although I loaned it to Hank or I was in Hank's video and he made a video and I loaded it to Patrick and he made a video with it, but I haven't made a video. I'm happy to say I paid uh 650 for it and I saw it for like 750 at the show. So I feel good about that. I don't know how good I should feel about it. Yeah, that's a pretty good price. Um, those things are pretty hot. Yeah, and, and I got the lucid optic on it. Let's see. I put it back in the safe. I was like wondering if it was on the other side of the desk still. But let me ask you a question. Do you like the five seven round? Um, so I I kind of I'm usually very practical about my firearms, and and you can tell by the bull pups about my practicality with firearms. Um. And I say that seriously. I, I'm usually very practical about my firearms, but I do like some unicorn guns. Um, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, everything, there's a compromise. Like if you build a car to handle well and go fast, it's probably too small for a lot of things you want. And if you build a car that's going to haul a lot of crap, it's probably not going to go fast or handle well. So when you make a round like the 5.7 to work in a pistol and in a PDW, I don't want to say rifle, but PDW, 
I, I think there's compromises that you got to trade off on. And uh, I think one on the 5.7 pistol, you're going to blind yourself if you shoot that at night because the powder's still burning as it exits. You know, you get a fireball like most have gone. Um, I think it's an interesting concept. It's kind of neat. Realistically, to make it a practical pistol or, you know, bullpup firearm, you really need the armor-piercing ammo. And I, because that would be the use case that would be practical for it. Because otherwise, the regular ammo for it, you know, it doesn't really do it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, I kind of want an FM57 just because, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. like, That's why I got it. Yeah, I, I like the round. I actually do like the round. Um, I think it's a really smooth shooting round. Um, a little bit on the pricey side, yeah. And it's but more right now. Pricey. It's not. <laughs> yeah, because it's one of the only things you can get. Because when nine mil is just as expensive as five seven, you might as well shoot five seven. Yeah, but it's 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 a fun round. It's a very accurate round. Um, but like you said, it it's not a very practical round. Yeah. It, I don't get the fun factor. Sure, it's it's fun. I like the fact that you have a pistol that has twenty rounds, or you have can have the thirty round magazine for your pistol. But then again, for a Glock, you can do the same. Um, the uh, I love the magazine on the PS ninety where it rotates ninety degrees and drops in. That is the coolest thing ever. It. I'll tell you what. I've had less malfunctions. I mean, I've had zero malfunctions. Let's say that. I've had zero malfunctions with the PS90 mag in other normal pistols I've had more malfunctions with, which I just find remarkable. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like... PS90 is a uh, is a pretty cool gun. I, I, I will say that. I would love to have a PS90. I would have to, you know, SBR it, basically. <laughs> yeah, SBR is the cool thing, and if you can full auto it, that would be the other cool thing. I've never shot a full auto PS90. I have. So that... Yeah, the P90, I've, I've shot one. Uh, it's what, what I like about that is the, you know, you, you've shot full auto guns, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know how you have a little bit of muzzle left? Mm hmm. Uh, there's almost none. That's cool. Which is which is kind of cool, but then again, you really can't get one unless you have a uh, SOT. You don't have an SOT. No, I don't have an SOT. I gave FFL a while ago. Oh yeah, and I just got tired of all the paperwork and stuff. I, you know, that that's the other thing I, I was thinking about when when you think about what does it cost a normal citizen to get a full auto firearm and you're going to spend, let's just say an AR 15 in full auto or, or M 16. I'll let them properly say M 16. It's going to cost you what? 10, 15 grand. Oh, for M 16. No, no, you're in your twenties. 20. All right. So we're, you can, you can get so, like a, an Uzi for eight, nine grand or a Mac 10. Or really? Something. A sub gun. Well, the Mac 10, uh, if you don't care about it working. What's that? If you don't if you care, care about it working. Yeah, you get like a Mac 10, a Tech 9 for like 8, 9, an Uzi for like 12, 15. Uh, so, but uh, M16 was going to run you around 20. Just, just like a boat, you know what the best thing in the world is? What's that? A friend with a boat and a friend with a full auto firearm. Yeah, I got a friend who, uh, who is an SOT and he's also head of a major IT company. So he has like 30 machine guns. Cool. So uh, the, the point is you're, you're going to spend many thousands of dollars more than the intrinsic value of the firearm, you know, because realistically an AR-15 is a $500 item. Now it might be a $700 item. And to make it full auto costs a couple of dollars more. In parts, so you're you're paying for the scarcity. You're paying for the pre 1986 scarcity of it. So if you get your FFL and SOT, 
it's far less than $20,000 and you can manufacture post samples. Yeah, you can manufacture post samples. But here's the thing. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive than what people think because you have to renew the license all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But so there's annual cost to that. If you want to manufacture, you also, uh, like a machine gun, like a post-sample machine gun, you also have to pay ITAR, which to the State Department, which is like 2500 a year. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know about the ITAR. Yeah. So that's one. Uh, well, here's a lot of people who manufacture, they don't know that they're supposed to pay ITAR either. <laughs> but you can get busted if not, if you don't pay ITAR. So if you want to do it on the total up and up, you have to do ITAR. Just in case someone ever. For post samples or if you're manufacturing? If you're manufacturing. Okay, right. So if you meant if you're post doing post samples only. Yeah. So if you like manufacturing, if you're taking like AR and drilling the third pin and doing that, uh, which is technically manufacturing, then you have to do it. Gotcha. Because I, I I've three D. Yeah, I three D printed a, a couple of AR nine lowers, and uh, so far they're going good. I, I kind of remixed. I took two designs and uh, did a mashup of them, and uh, Control Pew printed uh, printed one. He's got like two hundred rounds through it. I just haven't been to the range, and it's just tough getting to the range. Uh, yeah. They they have wait times. They have half the lanes closed. They fifty nine minutes. They're tapping you on the shoulder to leave. So. Uh, I'm going to be setting up a range at the house here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, what my range does is you make reservations. Mm -hmm. Now, so you call up and say, I'll be here at this time. So they have a, a lane waiting for you. And what, you get a time slot? Yeah. So there's no waiting. What I want, uh, though, I, I want a uh, drop-in uh, registered auto seer. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Because then you can make any AR fully automatic. So, I mean, there's one moving part. It's actually three pieces. What, it's a roll pin, an L-shaped piece of metal, and another piece of metal that... Yeah. Yeah, basically. So, and that's serialized. Uh, so you can uh, get them, uh, like, pre... Like, like, like pre-band. Right. Pre-closed off of the registry, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're extremely expensive and they're extremely hard to find. So we're talking like uh, somebody that had maybe mechanical drawings and a minimal amount of engineering, machining work skills could make one. But a, a registered drop-in auto sear is probably what over ten grand. Oh, that's about thirty. Thirty grand. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're rare, and you can put it in any AR. You can put it in modern ARs. It's the only yes. way to yeah. have a modern, fully automatic AR with, with an M16 bolt. You can't have a cutaway bolt. Yeah, it has to be M16 bolt. Uh, another thing that you could do if it was legal, but it's not, is make a lightning lightning link, and mm -hmm. you can actually 3D print those. <laughs> no, you can't. No, I. Uh, Actually, I, if I did it, I would do it fully legal. I, I felt a little dirty when I took it in the CAD program and dropped it in the AR-15 receiver on the CAD program just to see how it fit and oh, okay. look at it. But I, I have not printed any of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, not crossing my fingers either. I just it's it's not legal to print. <laughs> you get a lot of trouble for having one of those. <laughs> yeah, I. So here's the whole thing. I mean, a lot of these things are fun, but as a gun guy, you want to be strictly swimming in your lane because you don't want to lose your freedom to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Yeah, exactly. So even though I, I've got, I actually just got a second 3D printer. I haven't put it back, put it together yet. Um, so what type do you I have? So I have an ANET A3 that I've heavily modified, and I just got an Ender 3, which both are kind of entry-level printers. They're not high-end printers. Um, 
somebody like John probably has a Prusa Mark III, I bet. No, no, I don't. I don't. I have a Dreamer. I'll show you what I have. I will show you the two I have. Give me one second. Flash and I, I've, I've been having a lot of problem with uh, humidity. Uh, my PLA, I, I just realized I, I have. So a lot of the filament is hygroscopic, meaning it absorbs water. Yeah. And when it absorbs water, that's bad. Uh, your prints aren't going to be coming out okay. Cool. Is yeah. that an SLA? What is that? Uh, it, it can do PLA, SLA. It can do a bunch of different uh, types of materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just one of the reasons I got it. Then I have like a little mono price one. Oh, okay. And so what's the build volume on that? Uh, it's not very big. <laughs> really? Of, yeah. It's a lot bigger. I don't have the exact uh, build volume on me. Uh, it's like so. It's not like two twenty by two twenty by two forty. Oh uh, no, it's it's about that. It's about that. It's uh. Oh okay. It's like I think it's like nine by six by six or something. Inches. Yeah, I'd I'd have to know what the conversion is. Uh, uh, I think three hundred by three hundred by three, whatever. So can you print an AR lower? That's the the big deal. Yes. Okay, so it's big enough. Yeah, it's big enough. But you know, I, I don't use that. I'll, you want to show you? I, I'll show you what I use for my AR lowers. Sure. I have a, a Ghost Gunner three and two. Ooh, a three, dude! You're cutting edge. Well, uh, Cody Wilson is a friend of mine. Ooh. <laughs> so does that mean there's the friend discount? Well, the friend discount, if it, if you want to say free. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. Dude, I wish I had your friends. Yeah, Cody is a good guy. Um, yeah. So Cody sends me all their products. Oh, very cool. So I don't yeah, pay. Patrick has what I so I've used his Ghost Gunner two a couple of times. The Ghost yeah. Gunner three looks really neat. Ghost Gunner three is a lot bigger. It's a lot faster. Oh yeah. Uh, fast is nice because it's many hours. Not as bad as 3D printing. Yeah, the Ghost Gunner 3 feels like a complete product, where the Ghost Gunner 2 felt like a prototype. So you don't need a laptop to hook up to the Ghost Gunner 3? or You still need a laptop, but what I'm talking okay. about is, um, like, uh, for example, if there's a short or something like that, because, you know, you can get build up of, uh, like, Aluminum chips. Ghost mm Gunner -hmm. two. If you wanted to roll that out, you had to, you know, get out the the, the multimeter and stuff like that. But actually, yeah. have like one built in. Oh, okay. Um, there's a way to reset it in case anything happens. Uh, the red button on top of there. It's a lot bigger, mm -hmm. so the build volume is actually bigger. If you want to do a bigger project, you could. Um, also. Another thing about it is uh, instead of having where the like the you know the plexiglass cover yes. have a magnet it, it with the refrigerator magnets on it. Yeah, it actually have a place where you slide it in as well, and uh, I can mill out a uh, a complete lower in under forty minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. Under now, you have to uh, rotate it 90 degrees so it's uh, to drill the pins. Yeah. You still have to do that. But with all that, it's still, still under 40 minutes. Oh, man. That's big. Uh, That's a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Does it take the same cutting bits or uh, different size? Uh... That's same cool. Exact, uh, it uses the same exact, uh, the same exact, uh, Holder thing. Mill. No, not end mill. I'm talking about the uh, uh, oh, quarter inch. The frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the stuff that actually holds oh, when you lower. mount the lower. Yeah. Yeah. It uses the same exact thing. Uh, the the code is different though. Uh, the the actual cutting code is different, so you can't do the 
Ghost Gunner 3 AR-15 uh, pattern mm-hmm. and a Ghost Gunner 2. And Ghost Gunner 2, you can't do Ghost Gunner 3. Gotcha. That and the software, so... yeah, cause the soft, well, because uh, it's a different size CNC machine. And mm-hmm. also the, the software that actually runs the Ghost Gunner 3 is a little bit more stable. Um, and it's different from the Ghost Gunner 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Software, the uh, actual uh, DD Cut software is totally different as well. But you can still use the new DD Cut software on the Ghost Gunner 2. And the new DD Cut software is a hell of a lot better than the old DD Cut software. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, the original DD Cut software looks like Visual Basic. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, it, this one looks like a, it, it was, they took their time with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. So I would definitely recommend anybody thinking about getting the Ghost Gunner 2 or Ghost Gunner 3 uh, pay the little bit of extra money because it's only a couple hundred dollars more. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought it was like the Ghost Gunner 2 was like two grand and the Ghost Gunner 3 was like a big step up price-wise. Uh, I don't know because I don't know if it actually the prices were actually released yet. Yeah, I don't think they're released. I, last I looked, at least. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be about three grand. To tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it, neat. It's cool. So the uh, question is: um, You have a CCW. I have a CCW. Why do you want a CNC machine? AR lowers. What's your take on that? Yeah, I've done it. I I do it. I can buy them. I just I think it's cool. <sighs> I, I want to do both, uh, mainly because it, it's more of a statement mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, it's more of you. I can we can defeat gun control by using technology more than well, I'm actually. I think it's a big statement. Uh, you know, Cody's talked about this that the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, that that's why I think it should. <laughs> and I I think people losing their minds, like having these bills for three D printing. You know, banning the ability to three D print, fill in the blank. Um, if if I can take metal plates and bolt them together or weld them together and make an AR-15 lower out of flat metal plates that I could cut out with a jigsaw and file up, you're not stopping it. If I can 3D print it from a file I downloaded. Like, in my mind, an, an AR lower shouldn't be worth, shouldn't cost you more than $60 in, in my mind. Yeah, and likewise, an AR nine lower shouldn't cost more than sixty dollars, and that's why I'm three D printing my own, or kind of designing and three D printing my own. Yeah, that's true. What a lot of people don't realize is, with AR talking about AR lowers, not talking about the polymers, but with the uh, the forged lowers, mm-hmm. there's only a couple different companies that actually make exactly. That actually make the lowers. Right. Everybody else stamps their name on it. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't realize. Um, a lot of people think all these different companies have their own mill. And it's like, no, it comes from like three different sources. And, and so the things that I, I find interesting in the world is, um, you know, politicians are typically the least educated, least uh skilled among us to make decisions about technology and whether it's 3d printing or cnc there's no difference in my mind you know basically you're talking additive process additive machining process versus a subtractive machining process we've had the ability for many years to cnc ar-15 lowers with you know home yeah with, with a drill press or with home quality cnc equipment uh, I guess maybe the difference is with uh, 3D printing is now with a sub $200 3D printer, you can download a file and print an AR low, which I yeah. think is cool as crap. 
I, I, want to, I agree. I, I want to 3D print. And so now here's here's the cool thing. I want to get a Tech 9 and 3D print the Glock magazine lower. And uh, do I have Glock magazines printed here? I, no, they're not in arm's reach. But uh, yeah, to have a also the ability to 3D print a 33-round Glock magazine. You know, that that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it is very cool. And it shows you how technology can be used to defeat gun control. Like Cody said, guineas out of the bottle. And so when you say defeat, you know, I, I kind of had a question for you. And I, I don't know if, uh, oh, we're, we're almost at the top of the hour here. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Defeat? Like, is it defeating? I think it's defeating when you educate everybody on how easy it's to do. I think that's when it's defeated. Okay, well, uh, I, I don't know if I agree with you. Uh, well, it shows the, the fallacy of gar- gun control. How about Okay. That? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. It, it, it's, it, no, not, it's an illusion. You, you don't actually have control over anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look look at all of um, the things that they've done, even, even in Florida here, uh, the gunshine state with Nikki Freed. So in Florida, we get our carry permit from the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, we're going to think it's ridiculous. <laughs> because it's supposed to be a nonpartisan office. Yeah, and so Nikki, Nikki Freed kind of... Through some voting magic, uh, Nikki Freed got elected Department of Agriculture commissioner. And uh, so DeSantis sent in, he replaced our Palm Beach County supervisor of elections with a Republican lady who is now a Democrat. I, this stuff, this stuff is just crazy. This is, it, and was it Broward was the other county where they had voting irregularities? It, yeah. You got man, you guys got to get rid of the hanging chad stuff. Oh well, we pretty much did. I mean, we have a different voting system. I don't know, uh, Florida seems to always have something with voting. I don't mean like oh, literally hanging chads. I'm talking about like there's right, right. You mean voting irregularities? Yeah. Um, the problem is maybe the the Florida supervisor of elections, uh, people, staff. Uh, aren't as good as stuffing the ballots as maybe they are in other states. Like every other state. (laughs) Like every other state, like hiding the evidence. I'm I'm always shocked that when a Republican wins, (laughs) that's voter fraud. That's voter fraud when a Republican wins. But somehow when a Democrat wins, their plan worked, and it's okay. Yeah. And uh, when, but when, uh, the Republicans say we need to crack down on voter fraud. They're like, oh, we don't. No Until a Republican wins, then it's like, oh, look at all this fraud. Well, it had to be fraud because they were cheating so hard. And how could a Republican win? Yeah, it, 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 it it's ridiculous. All right, man. Well, we've been on for about an hour. So let me let you go. All right, buddy. Uh, you have anything to plug or anything before? Um, flyingrich.com. Someday the website will get an update with new code so it looks better and not scrappy. Uh, my website was uh, flyingrich.com. YouTube channel, so youtube.com slash flyingrich. I actually posted something there. I'll be doing some uh, handgun reviews soon since I have new firearms in the, uh, I was going to say use compound Southern Command, but it's the Flying Rich Autonomous Zone. Um, so yeah, we, we got some new guns in and we got some videos to make. And I'm real excited to go to Iraq Veteran and see you there. Yeah. And get this awesome book signed where all the proceeds go to your niece. Oh, yep, that's the only reason why I did it. <laughs> all right, Rich, uh, thank you so much. All right, buddy, good seeing you. Right, thanks. All right. All right, that was uh, Flying Rich. Um, and... I just want to say you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. All proceeds go by niece. $25 will get you a signed book. $20 on my Patreon gets you a signed book as well. Everything I make on my Patreon goes to my niece. Every penny. So don't worry about that. 
Uh, you can pick up the book at crumpy.com slash giants. There's also GoFundMe for my niece at crumpy.com GFM. Join Gun Owners of America at gunowners.org slash black-swan-media. Join the conversation over on John Crump 2 over on YouTube. And that is it. Follow me on Real John Crump on IG and Facebook. And that is it. I'm going to play the video, and then we're going to get out of here.